Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? I am doing very well, John Burke. I'm hoping to be taken to a world of pure imagination tonight. Oh, and careful. I only ever want to go with you, my friend. I only ever want to go with you. Of course, that's just the way it is on this show. But, you know, I'm doing well. Um, start of the week, it's been only a few days turnaround since our last show which has been interesting, but no, can't complain. My friend won't complain. I've got a cup of tea. I haven't got any fancy coffee this week, but I'm ready to talk film with you. But I need to know, how are you? And are you keeping Florida safe and well? Doing okay. I have a giraffe milk gingerbread latte uh, right now. Um, (laughs) I almost believed you. uh, Just getting ready to discuss our film of the week. Um, You know, still uh, on my second or third week of vacation. I don't even remember anymore. It just all blurs together. Um, I am finding out the hard way uh that i have been i mean my my free time is about to dwindle greatly next month as i switch to uh being back as a a college student for the third time as i go for my uh doctor of education um degree where i will become dr burke and that'll be fun um it'll take a couple of years but uh i'm I'm, now i have so much free time but i'm not used to having free time and i am finding it to be more stressful than not having free time because I'm like, I should be doing something and then I'm not. And there is things that I probably could be doing that. Like I always wouldn't do, you know, like, Oh, I could probably reorganize this shelf, but those are chores. I I just mean like I should be like building or creating or crafting something. I should probably be writing more and I'm just not. Um, and I, I I shouldn't feel guilty, but I do. And it's like, Oh no. So, uh, trying to find that balance. We're, We're both the same. It, I know what you mean, because once you have an elongated time off, you think, what can I be doing to f- things I like to do? Like, yeah, like writing or, or planning in your case and stuff like that and writing. And then you don't do it for a day or two and you think, oh, I've, I've wasted my time and suddenly start getting yourself into a rut. When in reality, you're just taking time for yourself, which is probably the most important thing you can do. But I, yeah. I totally, totally know what you mean, because I'm 100% the same and I don't always like it, but... Some, I, I try to make peace with it that that's just the way it is well and then like even like i was gonna go rewatch godzilla minus one yesterday and i really enjoyed that movie a lot and like as the time was approaching just the idea of like being committing to the two hours 
got it, it, it's always more too because the theater starts the movie late and there's 20 minutes of trailers and i was just like man do i really want to go lock myself down in the theater for two and a half hours where i can't do anything else and like i didn't go and the old me would have gone in a heartbeat uh without even really thinking through it and i don't know and again i it's not the movie i really enjoyed that movie but i was like do i really want to mm-hmm. rewatch the whole thing like i'd love to just re- there's, there's three sequences that i would be down to rewatch anytime but i was like i don't yeah. know if i want to sit through like some of the emotional stuff and then like there's always the possibility what if the theater is like what if there's some obnoxious person there i just i got in my own head too much uh and that that seems to be a thing i'm doing more and more recently um where i'm like talking myself out of of going to things um especially if it's something i i don't need to do right like i i've seen godzilla minus one already so i didn't need to go watch it a second time in the theater yeah. But it wouldn't cost me any money this time because I have unlimited. You know, there's like a lot of reasons where I'm like, man, what's going on? Um, and even like the movie we're about to talk about, I did see twice. And oh, my, the, only oh, reason, did, yeah. the only reason why, though, I went, my wife wasn't sure. She had plans on Saturday. So she was like, if you want to go watch Wonka on Friday while I'm at work, I don't care, you know, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. I'm like, mm-hmm. cool, because I got to watch it before the show. So I think I'll do that. So Friday I went. And then her plans got canceled Saturday and she's like, do you want to go see Wonka? And I was like, I, I don't, I'm not opposed to going, <laughs> but it wasn't like, I, I wouldn't have, if it were just me, I wouldn't have like rushed back the next day to see it a second time. And that's yeah. not, again, I have, we're, we're about to talk about Wonka. That's not me criticizing or giving away know, how I feel about this, but that like in reality, it's like there's my brain is so wired to seeing all the movies at this point that anytime I rewatch anything, I feel a little guilty. You and are exactly the same as me, John. <laughs> There's not many films I go back to see twice at the cinema, regardless, even the ones I love, because I feel like I'm cheating on the other ones because especially now where there's multiple films released a week uh, cinematically on streaming or, um, or maybe films that I missed at the, on yeah, their films I cinematic miss. run. And that's when they've come, they've come out to rent or VOD or whatever. And that's the problem as well, is that they really do you, I and everyone listening who's in a, in the same situation does need to find the time to say, do you know what? No, because if I'm not going to enjoy it, then I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it because I feel like I have to, but I know what and you mean. There's, I'd love to go and see some of the films you mentioned back again, but it's finding the time. And also could your time be better spent watching something different, especially with the Bampies coming up just to put extra pressure on you and I. Oh yeah. Oh, and, and there's so many movies from the past that I still want to watch yep. or that I know yep. are being referenced in. Like um, I really, really liked the killer this year. And yeah. by coincidence, I saw Lay Samurai, I think last year, um, and that movie's clearly an influence for Fincher in the killer. If you've seen it, but if you haven't seen it, you wouldn't know that. And, um, sure enough, Tuna sent me a, a message yesterday of another movie that I'm not going to remember now that I've never even heard of that. Just the still from letterbox is like, well, that's clearly part of where Fincher got his character design, um, for the killer. Like the dude's like wearing the, the whole ensemble almost. And it's, it sounds like it's a hitman movie. I'm like, wow, see, I didn't even know this movie existed. Here's another movie I should probably watch, or at least I would like to consider because I like to have that context. And that's, um, so yeah, that just, it's, it's a stupid struggle. It's such a, like, there's such worse things I should be worrying about. And I maybe use movies as a distraction from those serious things. Um, but I, I do, uh, always have that on my mind with that folks though. We need to talk about, uh, the movie of the week. Um, If you haven't caught on with the jokes at the beginning and a few references, we're talking Wonka, 
we're walking the Wonka today. Um, the new uh, musical, which I don't feel like this movie is marketed as a pure musical. Like it is like they did not want to market this as a musical, which apparently Warner Brothers, apparently just in general, they are all studios seem to be afraid of marketing yes. like Mean Girls, the musical. It's called Mean Girls, the musical. They have no music in the trailer whatsoever yeah. to indicate that it is a musical. Um, so you have uh, let's talk briefly the, the history of Wonka. There are now three films inspired by the Roald Dahl book um, and inspired by is very loose for this film because this is a prequel and I, I've never read the book so I actually don't know how much of this mm -hmm. comes from the book or if this is just you know imagination uh, from the source material but I grew up obviously uh, watching on TV and video I think at some point Willy Wonka and the, and the Chocolate Factory starring Gene Wilder yes I that is a musical but it doesn't have the same trappings of, of a musical that this movie does like I feel like that's like characters break into songs multiple times throughout the film and they are narratively they, they reveal about the character they're great and that original film with the exception of uh, Cheer Up Charlie which is the worst song in that movie uh, um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cut that out right uh but like they had some incredible songs but i don't i don't immediately think of that as a musical the same way that this movie feels like it um even though it is i, I don't know why I, I have a hard time just accepting that but um and then you have charlie and the chocolate factory the tim burton one which a lot of people hate i like it's fine yeah i i enjoy it i've watched it wait i've watched both of those movies way too many times i, I actually uh, remember teaching willie wonka and the chocolate factory uh, to a, most most of my students had never seen it. Um, I I bought gobstoppers from like the Dollar Tree, uh, and most of them had never had <laughs> gobstoppers. And I was just like, "How? What is? What's happening? Like this was like a huge." My family brought this movie to me, um, so I, I'm a huge fan of the character of the of the premise. I again have never read the book. I probably should maybe read. It. I know it's not for my age, but at this point, as much as I know about the the, the character from the the movies, I should probably check out the book. But I'm a big, big fan. So bringing all of that baggage to this. Um, and then I believe on our last episode, we mentioned uh, our apprehension with the, the presentation of the weird. Uh, feels very millennial uh, in, in which is really good casting because Chalamet is great at playing the hipster type role. Um, and there's something about the, like the character feels a little too self-aware in the trailers. This is still just me talking previewing the film. Um, that that he's weird. Like he says something along the lines of, "How do you like your chocolate? White, dark, nutty, absolutely insane." And even the face he makes when he says it, it's just like, "See, no, that's not Willy Wonka." Doesn't project that he's weird. He just <laughs> is the way he is, and thus we acknowledge that he's weird. Um, at least from what I can remember, and I've seen again both of those other versions many, many, many times. Um, <laughs> so. That was something I was really worried going into this, but uh, Matt, what's your kind of background with the character? I mean, obviously you're British, so you must have a, a stronger connection. No, I'm sorry. That is, I, I like when people just do things like that. I was like, oh, you're British. You must like this more. Uh, but mean, no. you, it must be your DNA. It must have been on your birth certificate. Mm -hmm. um, my, it's not, not too dissimilar to yours, JB, so I won't label that point uh, because you pretty much said it. I grew up with the uh, 1971 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory by Mel Stewart and, of course, the... It is an iconic performance by Gene Wilder, oh, who plays yeah. a sociopath dressed up as a chocolatier um, in that film. You know, yeah, the more I what I've seen that, you know, in recent years, obviously, and it is quite it is quite a dark musical film. 
mean, it's not. It obviously doesn't uh, verge into anything wildly thrilling or horror, but you know, it's the way Gene Wilder plays his character. I've said before, uh, the, the madness is in his eyes. There's something there which you think, oh, this guy could reasonably at any point. I believe he probably would drown these kids in chocolate. Um, Johnny Depp. Uh, his version had that mm-hmm. as well. There was a slight menace to him. And I was worried about Timothy Chalamet. Could he pull that off? Like, like you, based on the trailers, it felt a bit inorganic. It felt like somebody putting on a performance or parodying what they'd seen before. That's all based on the trailers. But yeah, I like the 71 film. I think it's a very decent film. Uh, I like the the Johnny Depp version, the Tim Burton version uh, as well so the two that i've seen i'm i'm a fan of i haven't read the books i know it's road road darwin's okay. a, obviously a literary titan but i haven't if i have read the book as a kid i honestly don't remember it but you know i was um skeptical about this in this in general just the idea of a wonka origin story and i believe the director said this is more of a companion piece to the gene yeah. wilder film rather than a this is a definitive prequel but and that kind of made me even more skeptical but yeah on the whole though enjoy the films we've got so far and was going into this with an open mind john well and so i listened to the big picture podcast episode Mm -hmm. about this um they added joanna robinson as a guest uh on the episode and they mentioned something about this being an alternate alternate reality or something that that's said somewhere um or at least Mm -hmm. part of it is so like it is i don't know to me I, I said this to you in a text that this film somehow manages to feel like Dr. Sleep is to The Shining, right? <laughs> Dr. Sleep mm. notoriously is a sequel to Kubrick's The Shining, yes. but also a sequel to King's book, yep. which is shouldn't work because the book ends sig- significantly differently than yeah. Kubrick's film. And obviously King is notoriously uh, doesn't like Kubrick's take on it and blah, blah, blah. That's why there's the really bad TV movie from the early 90s. It is crap. Um, <laughs> But Doctor Sleep somehow did that, right? Like it felt like it was it was somehow communicating with both of those source materials, and yes. this feels to be doing the same because to me this Wonka feels very much like both versions. Of, like I can see that would be like Depths, and that one would feel more like Wilders. Um, the world is even is the world feels closer to the Wilder version than than. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel weird saying the Wilder version because now my head's like Billy Wilder. Like no, no. Um, but <laughs> we're just wild. Before we get to our takes on Wonka, let's get the stats. So um, Wonka is uh, directed by Paul King, who, if you've seen Paddington 1 and 2, that's what what I know King for. I was really shocked at how much I love the Paddington movies. I had no real attachment to that character. Obviously, he's a cute bear with a, a, a coat, but I never, like watched cartoons or i never read comic strips i don't even know what the source material is for paddington to be honest um so i went in with no expectations in fact the first one we rented really late into its existence and i was like wow this is actually really cute and enjoyable and then i saw paddington 2 in the theater and was like blown away just i cried um his his ability to deploy sally hawkins in emotional ways is outstanding (laughs) um like she she's yeah oh man and um but he he also uh, him and Simon Farn Farnaby uh, wrote the screenplay, 
Uh, we have a big cast because there's a lot of characters introduced in this. We're going to f- try to just get the big ones. Timothy Chalamet is obviously playing the titular character, Willy Wonka. Um, we let's scroll down a little bit here. We got Officer Affable is, uh, ooh, I'm going to mispronounce, Kobna Holbrook-Smith. Sorry if that's wrong. Uh, the B's probably silent or something. Um, we get Tom Davis, Olivia Coleman, Calla Lane as Noodle. Uh, I'm not going to say all the character names, but I feel like her name is significant. Uh, Patterson Joseph. I guess I'm going to say the name Slugworth. Matt Lucas as Prodnose. Matthew Baton as uh, Finkel Gruber. Um, Freya Parker as Miss Bonbon. I don't think that was a necessary one. I don't actually remember. Oh, I guess that was the assistant to Slugworth. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Chief of Police. Oh, man, there's so many people in this movie. Jim Carter as Abacus. Rocky Thakrar as Lottie Bell. Natasha Rothwell as Piper Benz. Um, Rich, F- Ooh, I'm, I feel like I'm going to sound like I'm cursing here. Fulcher? That's Fulcher. I got there. As Larry what Chucklesworth. Um, and Sally Hawkins as Willie's mother. And I guess you got to throw Rowan Atkinson out there too. Cause man, yeah, that dude are. shows up, uh, probably one of the scenes that you could trim out of this film and not be upset about, but nevertheless, he is in it. Um, the synopsis with dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers. 84% RT. I, I'm pretty surprised by that, to be honest. 91% uh, percent audience score, 66 meta score, 7.4 IMDb user score, 3.5 letterbox. So uh, here's my take. Uh, initial viewing, first viewing. Um, I'm annoyed at parts. The, the, the things that I mentioned I was worried about it happened a few times where I'm like, oh, man. But... Chalamet is great. He's a really great actor. I had, I forget that he's a theater kid. I don't know how I forget that, but um, I, I was really impressed with his vocals. I don't love all of the songs. Um, some of them are kind of even, I would say, bad. And then other songs really, really work for me, and I was like pleasantly surprised with some of the songs. And um, I, I mostly enjoyed the movie. There, I had, I had issues with it for sure. Uh, the ending worked way too well on me i i I cried twice (laughs) at the end there's two two different beats that really like i'm like oh boy um and then the second viewing uh when i now i had kind of accepted my my like i have some issues with the plotting i think it's a little overwrought i think there's a little too much like there's too many antagonists almost it's like there's he's got an uphill battle i feel like we're putting on too many things happening um but the second viewing, I was able to let go a lot of those like critic eye type stuff and just allow myself to watch it. And I enjoyed it more. Um, I think on the second viewing, which was, I think a pretty positive sign because those first two films I've rewatched so many times yeah. and I could see if this were on TV, like it, like I don't have that same system in place where I used to flip through the channels and if something were on, you just leave it on. I now have to actively put something on, which I don't know if I would do that for this, but if, if it were the old days and this were on TV, I definitely wouldn't turn it off. And I, I had, I, I still cried at the end in my second viewing. And I think I cried more um, at the very, very end. And I'm not sure exactly what I know why. And I don't know if the movie earns the second set of tears because it does feel like there's like three <laughs> endings in this movie. And then you get getting into the credit stuff. You have additional epilogues. Um, which I, I, I enjoyed, but uh, I found a lot of stuff to be a lot of fun. I didn't say Hugh Grant. I just realized he's not in the cast list for because he's like way down in the it's it's by uh, appearance in the film. Mm-hmm. He's like way late. 
But Hugh Grant, if you've seen the trailer, you know what he's playing. I won't even say it here just in case. But yeah, Hugh Grant's in this film. Uh, another, he was in Paddington 2 and excellent in Paddington 2. Um, I, you know, I love Chalamet. Uh, the, the big surprise to me was in the actress playing Noodle, um, Calla Lane. I had not really seen her in anything. I thought she was tremendous. Um, her, her vocals, I think the, the duet that... I think it's the right term to say it's a duet with her and uh, Willie. I, maybe it's a where they're singing two different songs, but they overlap. I don't remember what that's called. I'm not. I'm not a singer, um, but I really like that uh, that sequence. I think it's it's a cool sequence. It looks really awesome. Um, it's one of the emotional moments in the movie, and then her character's finale. I guess if you want to, that's one of the moments where it really shattered me and. I don't know if the movie does enough to truly earn that, but I also know why it does. Um, ultimately, this movie is, uh, and this is honestly, it's kind of the same with the original Willy Wonka. There's a found family type element to this, right? And those movies work for me a lot. Uh, it's a, it's an area that I tend to have a, a soft spot for. Um, I still wouldn't say this is like a must-see movie by any means, but I would definitely put it into like the three and a half, four star range out of five um i had a really good time with it uh again i think if you can let go of some of those plottier elements um because even my wife who is usually pretty accepting of a lot of movies like as long as mm. she's entertained she's usually content she was just like i don't like that they did this and this and this and this but i really like the movie and i'm like that's how i feel it's weird that you can walk out of something and have like very concrete complaints and yep. still have had a good time. And that's what this movie has accomplished to me is like, there are some clear things that irritate me that I think are overwrought that I don't know if they work. Some of that I know is like preference, like personal preference. And some of it is just like objectively, like this isn't a good process to present your story through. I know that's, you really can't be objective, but it feels like, no, mm -hmm. you shouldn't have done that. And yet still have had a good time with this movie. Um, I, I really, was pleasantly surprised. I, I went in very, very worried. I wouldn't like it. And it walked out going, yeah, I don't, if, if Kathy wants to see this, I don't mind seeing it again. And then when we walked out the second time, I'm like, yeah, I somehow liked it more the second time. I had even a better time with it the second time around. So I'm pretty positive on it, Matt. I I'm not a hundred percent where you fall, but I'm curious. What did you think of Wonka? <laughs> yes. I've been very quiet about this film. Is it all Wonka and no Willie? Well, we're going to find out from my oh, side I anyway. No Willie. <laughs> uh, you will. We'll see. Um, I went to, I took my kid to see this on Saturday night. So I went with the lens of doting father, hoping to enjoy the film with his kid who enjoyed it. Uh, though I thought she was bored during it. Turns out she's just tied. Um, I said she really enjoyed it. And, um, I, I was worried because it's just shy of two hours and most of the films I've taken to see are hour and a half, just about kind of get away with that. Um, so I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be too long for her, but she seemed to enjoy it. But um, I did not really, uh, to put it frankly. Oh, But then here comes the but. I didn't hate it because there was things in it that I enjoyed. Sim I don't think I'm quite as... Um, uh, on the level as you are in terms of, you know, there are things which you which you you know weren't, weren't a fan of to a point where you really didn't ad agree with them however you said a great time but i, I, I so many times during this film i was kind of sort of of checking my watch like how long's left of this because this is just meandering now there's there's story for story's sake there's 
musical there's musical numbers after musical numbers which i didn't think were great uh, particularly uh memorable or 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 sits or shoot uh toe tapping the original song is great yeah you know, i thought this start film starts off really well uh it starts off with a musical number so if you were uh at all unsure whether this was a musical it kicks off with a musical number pretty much uh explaining wonka and what he's going to be doing in this film you know i enjoyed that but i don't think the songs were all that great when there's so many of them then that was a bit of a problem for me um as for chalamet i think he's good in the role but um, we, we kind of spoke off air and i sort of hid a hid, hid a little bit behind what you said because i don't want to give too much away but i do also believe agree with you in a sense sometimes that it didn't always feel genuine and that was what i was worried about i think chalamet has a charisma about him and he has a uh, a foppishness and a whimsy which is what this film is dripping in whimsy but it it works so he was a likable character i just didn't buy that you know he this guy could be the uh the young johnny dip or could be the young gene wilder and i say that because of what we said up top you know, this could easily fit into either of those films and paul king has said it's a companion piece of the gene wilder film but when when there are elements from that original film in it and i mean direct elements as far as I'm concerned, it's fair game for comparison because the director and the writer have pretty much said, well, we're going to take this and this from the original. Remember that? Well, we're going to put it in our film. It's similar to uh, any prequel film and, in, and ones that have come out this year, the Halloween films recently, The Exorcist Believer. If you want to tie yourself to something original and say I'm the next thing or I'm loosely based on, you are opening yourself up for comparison for me. And I don't think hmm. this hits anywhere near the level of that original film that said uh, i think there's some really good uh, moments of humor in this film there were a few times where i did laugh out loud there was one character in particular of whom uh, uh one, one actor who you mentioned who i think steals the show and he's not in it for very long at all but um this guy comes in plays his role oh. extremely straight and it works so well me and my kid were laughing our heads off every time said person was on screen in his little mischievous cheeky role um and i think the film the production design is is good as well i just wasn't i just didn't believe the world we were living in and i and i know it was full of whimsy like i've mentioned you look at the characters and what's going on you've got a chocolate um cartel and all these kind of strange things going on so clearly it's a little bit heightened but didn't quite you know the production design and the sets didn't pull me in as much as i'd hoped they would at times it looks very good at times it doesn't and that's what i kind of feel about the film is at times i was having fun but at others i was bored or i was just kind of trying to unravel the story threads and try to answer the question i always say about prequels we mentioned it on the show the other week i mentioned it last week is this a necessary addition to the canon or the 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 law of what it's um attaching itself to and i came out thinking i think that was a pointless film and i sounds awful to say but did it did we did i did i want to see a film about the origins of willy wonka no we got one waiting to be surprised and i came out thinking i'm not really overly bothered by what i've just seen because it's it's a totally different wonka from what we're used to by design yeah. and accidentally i wish they just kind of it, i do wish they'd stuck their flag in the sand and said yeah no this is a prequel to this one or that one even though i'm that i don't like origin stories sometimes i do right. wish they 
that focus and being like, yeah, no, we are going to try and channel this one specifically. But so I, I do sound um, very much of Nelly about this one, John. I did have fun with bits of it. I think it was a little bit too long, a bit too meandering. I think there was too much going on, too many characters involved. And I don't think Chalamet was as appealing or as charismatic as I'd hoped he would. He's good in the lead. He can he can carry the tune. I do think he's a little bit thin in the vocals, and I was kind of hoping that he would steal the show. But he's good. I'll say that he's a very good young actor, and I'm glad that he's uh, spread his wings and done a role like this. But yeah. I like bit oh, yeah. John. Didn't love a lot of it, but my kid enjoyed it, so I was happy. But I did hope to have been blown away a little bit more. We did. Uh, Kathy and I got to hear Olivia's um, review, and we yeah. we loved. Uh, Kathy was just like, that is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, right? Like that's, that was my thought. Um, but also, uh, I, I, I did like Chalamet a little more. I thought, I thought the moments where he was trying to be weird didn't work, but I thought almost everything else did. And, uh, there's, there are some really good songs. I don't want to spoil one song that shows up towards the end. Um, oh. because I, the way it's introduced is that got me. That's, yeah. That's the one that it, it just, it, and that you can call it cynical, you can call it manipulative, call it fade, call it luck, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, when, but when they get it right, and this is any film, when when they get it right and it takes you to a place or transports you back in time or whatever it might be aiming to do, and it works, then I'll always yeah. um, applaud. And I think, yeah, certain moments, especially the one I know you were talking about, worked yeah. so well. Um, there's a scene uh, with the cartel and and Keegan Michael Key. There's the song, um, which man, I, I had it for days. Now I can't think of what the words are, but the um, uh, that song I think is really good. Uh, they're like they're wooing him, and mm. then um, the the <laughs> there's the, a fun joke with him as well, isn't there? It with is Keegan Michael Key's character with this visual joke they have, which, which I thought was doesn't. Very good. Yeah, but it also it's like it's a little fat shaming, and that, that's kind of you know in today's no, time. Well, um and uh the um the laundromat though it's like man i can't think of words today it's like it's not chop chop but it's it sounds like that um because they're oh, washing um, the clothes oh, uh, yeah i know what, what you mean i can't oh, think of what word it is um uh, but whatever that word is uh i like that song i think that song really worked and then the duet with the or whatever again whatever you call the two singing together um noodle and, and wonka i think that song is really 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 good i think all of the stuff with the church could be cut out um and the movie would be 100%. better like it's scrub, it feels scrub. so scrub scrub how could i not think of that oh, word um, sorry to interject but it was annoying me. no yeah god i was like why can't i think of scrub uh yes uh but um, and then like Olivia Coleman, I, I like leaned over to my wife at one point and I'm like that she won an Oscar. It's so wild. The character she's playing in this movie. He's like, this is an Oscar winner. <laughs> and yes, this is a movie musical and thus has some Oscar buzz and whatnot. And there's a lot of prestigious. Act. Obviously, Chalamet has been nominated. Um, but times it, now, yeah. it is wild. Like Olivia Coleman's so down to just do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it, she's just yeah. in. Um, she goes big but, as well, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, I would say like Slugworth really knows what this movie is. Like that actor, like he's really hamming it up in like <laughs> fun ways. I think work. Um, I, honestly, all three of the Chocolate Cartel guys are pretty funny. You know, there's there's some stuff that's maybe it's trying too hard to like have a anti capitalist standpoint because 
Wonka's got like a socialist kind of vibe, like everyone deserves chocolate kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's some really cool visual stuff in this movie too. I don't want to undersell that, but uh, overall I, I had more fun with this than I expected. Again, I, I do think there's, there's clear flaws in this film that not even like, again, I think most people will notice, but I do think there's something about the character in general and mm-hmm. the, the idea of what he's going for. Um, and most of us enjoy a chocolate, right? Like, so the idea that there's this guy who can make anything basically chocolate, even if it doesn't make any kind of sense, um, pretty cool. Uh, and I, I had fun with it. So I, I'm, I'm again, I went in very apprehensive, so I'm just happy that I, I liked it. Yeah. The only thing, the main thing I didn't like is when somebody would put a chocolate in their mouth and I could hear them chewing on it. Don't, don't do not add that in because I hate it. And it made me clench my fist so many times, but listen, I do. I I know I sound negative about it. I think I gave this three out of five on Netterboxd. Um, so six out of 10, because I don't think it's an, uh, whilst I have nitpicked an awful lot, I think it's above average. If you want to call it the five out of 10 is average. I think it's above average. Uh, because I think the performance, some of the performances are very good and there is a whimsy and there is a, when it, when the momentum is there, it floats along really nicely, but there are times like the church scene. I love um, Rowan Atkinson and he's having a lot of fun in here, but I do think you can cut some of that out uh, and it's nothing to do with, with, with Rowan Atkinson. It's just the scenes he's put in and, and there's some other, some of the other scenes. I think you you can chop and trim this down a little bit. I wish there'd been more focus on other, on other areas. And is this a story that maybe I would have thought we were going to get for a Wonka origin story um no i don't but i you know when it was fun it was fun i just found myself i wasn't re-engaged and i wasn't sucked into the story as much as i hoped because maybe the story is a little bit i don't know maybe maybe it's true maybe it's a little bit cliche which it was but you know when it worked it worked and there are some moments in it which were very funny and i i was i i I got got by the end of it as well like john did there was something that happens and i'm like man why have you got to pull that on me this this film hasn't deserved for me to cry but i'm going to do it anyway i'll shed some tears and yeah a certain a couple of um musical interlude moments um yeah one in particular really really got me right in the field so you know you got me there paul king three out of five for me even though i know i sounded a little bit negative but um Maybe if I watch it again on second viewing without any kind of critic hat on, if you will, maybe I'll enjoy it a bit more. But um, I'm glad you enjoyed it more, though, John. Hey, you know, sometimes we luck out. Um, that's it. But hey, that's our review of Wonka. We will have a spoiler episode probably uh, on Friday, depending on if everything goes smooth for the rest of the uh, record here. But if not, uh, no worries. Uh, there's not a whole lot of plot to spoil, I guess. There like, it's it's fairly <laughs> predictable. Uh, we might talk a little bit more about that that hidden character which again isn't a hidden character you've seen the trailer but nevertheless they they definitely play it like it's a reveal um that's it for our review of wonka let's get to our next segment which is concessions of a cinephile um here we talk about movie motivated conversations as if we were standing by the water cooler but where do movie holics go well we go to concession stands and that's where we get a chance to talk because you're not in the movie you're outside of it so we use this space to talk about anything movie related. Uh, the last couple episodes, we've we've kind of geared this, the conversation towards the movie of the week, uh, but not today because there was some big movie news. Now we're not going to get into the political side of things or the even the social side of commentary on Jonathan Majors and him being found guilty uh, of the charges of assault and um, harassment, uh, but his uh, that 
finding, him being found guilty, has resulted in him officially being fired from the MCU role of Kang, uh, something that was speculated when he was initially arrested, um, which I guess was that a year ago that he got arrested? Uh, it, yeah, it was, I think it was at least eight, nine months ago now, yeah. So we talked about it when it happened um, and what it could mean. Uh, and, you know, the MCU, they have this roadmap of where they were going. And Kang was clearly set up to be the big bad. At one point, the Avengers, it was Avengers, uh, the age, the Emperor Kang or something. I forget what it's called now. The, the Kang Empire or something like that. That was like Kang Dynasty. I got there. Um, was the name of the movie, right? So like on the, the slate that uh, Paul Feige is showing the world. Kevin Feige. I'm making Kevin up all Feige. sorts of stuff today. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Ghostbusters. That's what I, I screwed that up. Uh, Kevin Feige showed us this is coming. And so when it happened, everyone who's an MCU fan was like, uh oh, what, what does this mean? Is it going to are they going to replace him? And it, they didn't for a while. But officially, like less than a few hours after the verdict, it came out that uh, at least on all the trades, every every publication that covers film was saying majors fired from the MCU. So now, of course, the <laughs> speculation is going to begin. What's next? Now, that yeah, comes yeah. in light of a the the worst MCU movie performances of a year, right? We have Quantumanium, Ant-Man Quantumanium uh, with Kang in it getting very bad reviews and not doing not doing great compared to other MCU movies. Guardians <laughs> did well, honestly, but we seem to be forgetting about Guardians in this conversation maybe because they're it's the evidence contrary to the claim that people are over MCU. Um, but then Marvel's uh, the doesn't do well at all, which is undeserving because that movie's solid. Um, not perfect, but definitely watchable and very entertaining. Um, and should have uh, done business. I think that is there's a lot of Brie Larson backlash, and also though co- superhero fatigue is real. Mm-hmm. We are all experiencing it. I have been one of the biggest advocates for the MCU going back from the the, the get go, and even I have worn down where I have yet to watch Loki or Secret Invasion this year. Um, and I'm I'm watching What If, probably, but only because I'm reviewing it, not because I have any real connection to watch it. Um, so with that, and now this major shakeup, all of their plans have to be you know put on hold. And with 2024, the only Marvel movie we are getting is Deadpool 3. Yep, yep. And I'm so, here for that. Uh, right, it's it's wild. Now we're getting three Sony movies, though. We're getting Venom three. We're getting Craven, and we're getting um, Madam Web. <laughs> and so at least those three. And then I think right. there's there's some other comic book movie I think coming out. Um, I don't think we're getting a DCU movie either. Um, uh, I don't think so. Superman twenty twenty five. Yeah, maybe there'll be like an animated film or something coming out or. Yeah, um, and there's there's other comic book movies I think in production um, potentially from other sources, but no, no, the two big companies DC and Marvel only Deadpool three next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get technically not true because the three Sony movies are Marvel movies, but they're not in the MCU. It's a yes, whole yes. stupid thing. If you're not aware of it, I'm sorry that you have to listen to me say it. But <laughs> I am curious. Uh, are are we going to get a whole? Because they were already adjusting things. You know, Blade's almost been canceled twice. Um, <laughs> We are, I think we are getting some MCU TV stuff next year, but that's uh, Echo being one of them. Um, they've delayed Dead, uh, not Deadpool, they've delayed Daredevil. Um, Daredevil. Like, they, they they scrapped the script that they had and they started over. Like, it's it's wild to see 
what was a well-oiled machine clearly getting a lot of rust going on, right? Like it, things yeah. are going wrong left and right. You can almost see uh, Feige just ripping his hair out at this point. And this is the biggest change because you put all of your stock on this guy. Now mm-hmm. you've, you've, you're not going to let him continue being in the role because he's been found guilty. And now you have this big gap. Do you recast? Do you, do you just pretend like it never happened? Do you hope that people are willing to just, you know, forget those storylines? Cause I mean, maybe they're forgettable, right? Like it's, it's not, yeah. not implausible that people are like, yeah, I, I was good with quantum Manium. I'm, I'm let's just move on. Um, we know we're getting a Fantastic Four. Recently, we've heard uh, casting, at least, of uh, Pedro Pascal as uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fantastic, um, Reed Richards. And, uh, you know, we're going to get a Doctor Doom then, presumably. I mean, we're getting Doctor Doom or Galactus would be the two likely uh, Fantastic yes. Four villains. Um, so, Matt, I don't know how much you care <laughs> at this point. I don't know how much I care. This feels like a lot trying to like, I'm like, am I talking too much? Or I feel like I'm trying to give content because I don't know what else to say, but like, what do you, what are your thoughts on majors being fired and what Marvel might do next? Well, I mean, in terms of Jonathan majors being fired, he's been found guilty of, um, he, I think he was. I think he was up for uh, for four charges. He was found guilty of reckless assault and harassment in his domestic violence trial, and he was facing a total of four charges. Either way, he's been found uh, guilty um, of some of them, and that was enough for yeah. Marvel to say, "Yeah, no, we 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 don't need this smoke." And I'm with and I'm with them on that. If somebody is causing misdemeanors and has found guilty, such as this, then absolutely. You know, people. There's been about. There's been a lot of what aboutism online today, which really always annoys me. Well, what about this person? What about this person? What about this person? They still got a job, or they were allowed to rebuild themselves. Let's now is not the time for what aboutism. You know, look, Jonathan Majors has been found guilty. He's going to face stand trial, and whatever punishment will await him will be um, sentenced in a court of law, not online. The MCU, Marvel, as well as Searchlight Pictures and other companies have said, yep, we, we, we will not be working with you, sir, because, you know, the guy could feasibly face prison time. And I do think, the you know, you, 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 you do the crime, you face the punishment. His punishment is also now losing out on a career, which was just getting, you know, skyrocketed into the stratosphere. And not just because he was in the MCU, but of course that's going to be huge for his uh, career and his bank balance. But he had magazine Dreams coming out, which was at Sun Sundance, I think it was, and there was huge Oscar buzz for that film, huge Oscar buzz yeah. for Jonathan Majors, and that that's now been pulled by um, by Searchlight. Who knows whether that'll ever see the light of day? Um, but in terms of the verdict, you know, you, you, again, you do the crime, you face the punishment. I have no issue whatsoever with Marvel doing the right thing because this is bigger than the Kang Dynasty. This is bigger than you know the comic book characters this is abuse is real life so you you cannot be you cannot separate the art from the artist and be like it doesn't matter we still want him in the film you can't do that so now obviously the question is who what do they do who do, who do they bring in and you've mentioned galactus you've mentioned dr doom and of course they are the most obvious as well there is somebody in loki season two who is pretend i'm not going to spoil anything who is potentially being set up to be 
uh, maybe a secondary villain, if not the big villain. And it would be a very, very fun choice if they were to go ahead with this. Um, but yeah, there are, there's rumors that, um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen has been approached to potentially play Dr. Doom. This is huge rumors, by the way, but apparently there was a meeting for Mads and I know he's in Dr. Strange, but they yeah. can hand wave that away. And, you know, the, the reports are, and again, these are reports that Antonio Banderas and Javier Bardem were being looked at for Galactus. So they, you know, huh. these, these, these are out, these reports are out there. So there are potential uh, movements already. And I think it's easy enough for them to do it. I mean, the way Ant-Man Quantumania, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania ended and all wrapped up, I think you can move on. Loki season two kind of did enough hand waving to be able to say, look, if we want to go this way, we can do because we're going to set this up and we're going to say these, we're going to say this line and we're going to do this. So we can point at that and say, yeah, no, no, we had it all planned out. I think they can do it easily enough. It's now the execution of it. Of course, it's easy to say, okay, we'll, we'll swivel, you know, we'll bring the, we'll get the fantastic four to do the heavy lifting or whatever, but it's how they do it now. How do they do? Do they just not explain it in the MCU as Kang just out there in the ether in case they want to bring him back as another actor or, or, or do they just basically say, yeah, he's he's dead and all his millions of variants? Uh, interesting how they're going to do that. But um, it's interesting for the MCU, though, because like you said, it's been a, it's in a state of flux in a minute, isn't it? It's not in a in, in its most healthy place, critically, even with the fans and the box office. It's not doing as well as it has done previously. And I think we're far away uh, removed from Endgame now to say it isn't quite the immediate ramifications of the ending of that phase because there's been a fair few films since that hasn't there man yeah there has and i'll say one thing we and i've said this on the pod before but i think one of the the hardest parts for me as a like i started burke reviews and when i started to write reviews i was like i'm not just gonna do one every once in a while i'm gonna do one every single day for an entire Mm -hmm. year i remember it was, it was a, you know, can I do that? Is it going to happen? And I was finishing my master's at the time. Um, I still had a full-time job. I was a parent, obviously uh, that didn't just start, but like I was, you know, my daughter had things I had to take, make sure I was uh, you know, there for my wife. And, um, but it was like, I'm going to watch a movie and then write a review. I've never done this before. I'm going to just go all in. And if I had kept trying to do that, like if in 2017, I did it again in 2018, I'm like, I'm going to write a review every single, I would have either lost my mind or would have the novelty of it would have become too apparent. Right. Stale quickly. Yeah. And I think that might be, and I've said that they need to stop trying to worry about making this, you know, multiverse, this universe that has to be so connected and just make good movies again. Yeah. And yeah, that's the, the thing, you know, it's like, it's hard to let go of what everyone knows you for. Oh, this, all these movies are connected. How do they do this? This 20 movie span mm. from, you can still from do Iron that. Man. Just they loosely. can, but they exactly, they need to mix it up because I think they're stuck with this. We can't back down now. If anything, they double down on it because they added the TV stuff, right? We didn't 100%. have any TV stuff for the entirety of the first 20 movies. Yep. Now it's all of the movies, all of the TV stuff. And it's, it's got to work together and it's, it's too much. Because you're seeing it's too much because the writing gets bad or this gets this happens or actors not only are we've lost Chadwick Boseman, we've now lost Jonathan Majors for a different reason, but you're losing things that you're putting stock in. And again, there's a time crunch like what from Iron from Ant-Man 2 to Ant-Man 3. It's like seven years happened, right? Like it's insane because it's it's you're not 
you can't plan that far ahead because life happens, right? Like these movies are great, but if you have so much wrapped around one character and something goes wrong with that character, whether in the story or in real life, which is the, the big problem, you have to pivot. And, you know, with Wakanda Forever, they pivoted pretty well considering you know like obviously that's not the story they originally wanted to tell but you had the same same writer same director working yeah. on the second one which you don't always have in this big factory system that is the marvel cinematic universe so it might be time to really reevaluate how much connectivity does there need to be and you know stop trying to repeat your success from the previous time and just make good content because that's why that those first 20 movies were successful at least early on and not all of them were iron man 2 is terrible you know yes, no, uh, yeah. they they act like the incredible hulk didn't happen but it, that's part of the mcu movies when we say 20 movies that's one of them yep. even though most of what happened in that film is non-canonical even though they did bring abomination back on she-hulk um yeah yeah, I, I I don't mind the connectivity, John. I love the connectivity. I, I love every franchise that does it. But yeah, you're right. There's been they've they've written themselves into a corner now where yeah, everything that's is what I mean. So interconnected that you when when you get a story which is a bit like which is kind of like Guardians did, where it, you know it still connects to the wider story, but where it feels more standalone, mm-hmm. it's celebrated now. And all it takes is, I mean, they did it so well in those in those first phases where. Sometimes it might just be you know, maybe Nick Fury turning up or a, a comment or you know, a line or a comment in the film, which would then set up something else. Or they'd leave it for the post credit scenes where that would then set up the next film. So you get these individual films with minor connectivity, some more than others. But then the, the, the post credit scene, you'd be like, oh, man, Thanos, goddamn, or or who or whatever. And it would get you excited for the next one. Now it feels like a product is what they're just putting out a product rather than um art or, or 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 something from a place of love and that's what worries me the most and the tv shows have muddied the water they, it, it just needs they just need to put take the foot off the gas a little bit and like you said work on individuality a little bit let's g- g- give me a great blade film give me a great yeah. whomever film and then and just incidentally tie on and, and that's why i'm so glad john that we are getting as of now just Deadpool next year because I want to miss comic book films again, or, or I want to miss the spectacle and the ep and the excitement, and the event films that they are. So I, I want to go and watch Deadpool three next year and hopefully enjoy it. And then think, Oh man, I need, I've got to wait nine months for the next one of these. I, I want to miss it. And I think, I hope, and I believe if they stick to it, that gap and that breathing room will help the MCU. What happened with Jonathan Majors, he will pay the crime because he's done awful things and he deserves to pay for them. I also think now it gives them a chance to take their foot off the gas, recalibrate, and hopefully, hopefully refocus and give us something, for me, better than what they've been giving us soon. And and if that means giving us two or three new villains leading up to Secret Wars or whatever, fine. So this could end up not, nothing to do with Jonathan Major's situation, but this whole shift around could be a blessing for disguise in the MCU. As for Jonathan Majors, yeah. great career, thrown away, <laughs> wasted, thrown away by you know idiotic behaviour. So that side of it, no yeah. time for that, but could be a blessing in disguise for the MCU. I hope uh, that they can write the ship. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think we need as many comic book movies as we've been getting. And I'm, I am kind of excited to get a year off from the movies 
Um, I, I, I am excited for Deadpool three for the most part. I've enjoyed, I like Ryan Reynolds. I know that's uh, up and down with people, but um, in that role. Yeah. I, I like him in general. Um, I, I find him to be quite charming. I don't know why. Uh, I always have. I, I, I like Van Wilder when I was a kid. Like <laughs> I, I watched two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Like I've been a fan of Reynolds and there's just something about him that I find charming. Um, yes. and I want, you know, I, he seems, I don't obviously know him in real life, but he seems genuinely like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems it. And so I, I want him to have success. I hope Deadpool three is fun. I've enjoyed the other two. Um, I get why people don't, but I, I have. So I want the MCU to find its footing again. That's my, my big thing. It's not, I'm not opposed to the, I love the connectivity of the first 20 films. I don't love what's currently happening. And I feel like the difference is, it, it feels like they're a slave to it now where they weren't before. Like now they have to do this connectivity thing. They have to, cause that's what everybody expects, right? Like that's, Oh, we, we did this thing. That's what they want more of. And it doesn't feel like they have a, a firm grip of what to do. And it's like, maybe that's the problem is you, you've, you're branching out too far. And it was like, blade's not going to fit into the normal MCU part anyways. Like that should be a standalone mm-hmm. story and you should be able to make that movie and not, feel like you have to put him into the other stuff because that's not really blaze role like could he show up for a moment yeah he could does he have to no and that's like it was eternals right they introduced the guy that would be black knight right like john snow um oh kit harrington and yeah like harry styles and that from my i i'm not familiar with black knight from what i've learned since that introduction he would be more of a blade type character he's in that side of the mcu a little more yeah yeah. and it's like okay well cool then leave that be let that be its own thing like we don't need constantine to be in the justice league even though there is justice league dark and that's a whole other thing like what about roy kent's character didn't he turn up the guy who plays roy kent Uh, hercules yeah 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 all these characters being brought in all these actors who are kind of not not i don't mean this in a negative in a nasty way but you know you kind of at the time um Brett is Brett Goldstein was flavor of the month because he's riding high of Ted Lasso. You know, yep. by the time they use him again, maybe he won't be, and maybe he'll be more focused on doing other things in terms of obviously his podcast yep. or recording. So they're not you. They're bringing all these characters in, and they're just not really using them very well. well and, I don't. And think. you can't because the yeah, exactly, time table yeah. that I was talking about, right? Like you introduce yeah, yeah. A, a, a guy in in Eternals from what twenty twenty two or is that twenty twenty one? I can't even remember when Eternals came out. Um, I want to say twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been two years already. We're not getting a movie next year, so it's going to be at least four years before we're going to remember that Kit Harrington was the Black Knight yeah. in that one movie. Obviously. Like, no, like he's if you're going to introduce him, introduce them. Don't don't like you're planting things that require so much thought and so many things have to go right. And what if Kit Harrington, like you said, just is like, you know what, I'm done acting. I don't want to yeah, do this exactly, yeah. it's too stressful. Um, I'm guessing then, they're going to be in Secret Wars or or whatever the new Avengers Five is going to be called. I'm guessing, you know, these characters yeah. are going to pop in somehow. But I mean, good luck to the writers trying to get all of these different forces together. I know we said that for Endgame, but this feels. I think they they said you've got you've got. I know Wanda is currently MIA or potentially dead, but you've got her magic, chaos magic. You've got these cosmic magic from the Eternals. Oh yeah, you've got the other characters, and you've got all this to try and weave in together. I think this is going to be even more or far more convoluted than Infinity War or Endgame. Yeah, because we're not seeing enough of them. Well, so, I think uh, all the stuff that people had issues with with the Eternals 
when it came out, like with the story, like why didn't this happen or why blah, blah, blah. It feels even more relevant now because it's been two years and we've heard nothing about the Eternals, not even reference. Like Marvel doesn't. Like, out with a cinema, who, that big guy, sorry, yeah. who came out of the ocean and came out of the Earth's core. There's a hand sticking out of the Earth. Yeah, Nobody's not a it. single reference. Like even in Captain Marvel, you would almost think Brie Larson would be like, I heard about this and like nothing, not a single <laughs> reference as if that movie never happened. And I'm sure some people wish that's the case, but it did. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like, that's where I, my point is like, if had you made a good movie about Eternals that had nothing to do with the previous MCU stuff, of course, and it had a retcon things. And now also it, it apparently, apparently has zero impact on the current MCU stuff. So it's like, why did you even do it? the way you did it why not make it its own standoff thing i don't know that's all i'm saying uh folks we don't know what the future holds obviously if they did i've seen a lot of people already recasting and it's the obvious names a lot of great actors who could take jonathan major's place i don't know if that's what they're gonna do they have recast a couple of times in the mcu obviously um the most famous one being war machine with don Cheadle replacing um terrence howard there you go i was not gonna bring him back Uh, to play kang and do the best thing ever oh that would be wild (laughs) um and obviously the multiverse thing helps although kang's kind of responsible for the multiverse so like Mm -hmm. i guess or something like that loki one season one had some play on that but um that's that's it i think we we're done with marvel for this week folks that's the end of concessions of a cinephile uh feel free to let us know your thoughts we'll have our socials at the end of this episode Lastly, we're going to check in, uh, almost lastly, media consumption. These are movie, TV show, video games, music podcasts that we have used to pass the time since we last recorded. Matt, I want to know what you've been consuming. Not an awful lot, JB, since the last one, because we had a very quick turnaround from our last episode, and I've been um, fairly busy uh, with, um, with being a dad over the weekends. We haven't been had time to watch the films. Usually we have a week in between recording. This time we've had about well best part of three in a bit days so i've been i listened to double toasted i listened to the horror show um i, I mentioned godzilla minus one check out our socials where we and our tiktok which we'll link to in the description uh where i've given my thoughts on that in a one minute reel suffice to say it's one of the best films i've seen all year I highly recommend godzilla minus one and because of that i went back to watch 2016 shin godzilla oh, which i'd seen previously that. it's I don't, know if, I don't know if you haven't seen it. It's very much in the vein of Godzilla minus one in that it's a, it's a dramatic film, which happens to have Godzilla in um, the first time I saw Godzilla in that film. I thought, Oh my God, what the hell is this? Cause you have to see it to believe. It. I was like, what is that? I hate it. And then it, then similarly to minus one, you get the evolution of the, the, the monster through the film, but yeah, Shin Godzilla is very, very similar. It's just an angry, nasty Godzilla backed by that incredible, um, theme of his. And there's some brilliant imagery in that film. So yeah, Shin Godzilla is great. Godzilla minus one is fantastic. Check out our socials for my thoughts there, but that's it, John, it's been a very quick one for me. Um, you seem to be getting more into the festive spirit in terms of what you're watching opposed to me though. So I have, I have a list on letterbox. Um, I think I shared it on a couple episodes, uh, where I rank Christmas movies. Um, I have seen quite a bit, quite a few, um, some I've seen so many times I've rewatched. We talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago, which ones we've rewatched the most. Um, what I've been kind of my goal for this year, uh, in kind of in reference to what I said earlier is like trying to watch the Christmas movies I've never seen. Right. Um, 
and I've leaned real hard into the Christmas horror films this year. Uh, I've, I've really gotten into the horror genre more and more over the last few years. And um, that it felt it, it's kind of where I've been enjoying the most of these are like the Christmas horror. Although I, I think I also burnt out a little bit because I was like, uh, a lot of these look real, real bad. But um, like I caught Holiday <laughs> Inn, uh, which it's on some lists as a Christmas movie. It does feature a scene in Christmas, but I didn't know the, the general premise, but it's Fred Astaire, Bing Crosby and Bing Crosby's character creates a hotel. That's only open on the holidays. Hence the name. It has nothing to do with the franchise. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the downside is I, I'm like, literally there's like 15 holidays. Like they, th- there's so few holidays for him to be open. He's open on like literally any holiday. So like president's day, that's a holiday. They're open on yep. the president's day. So it, in the beginning, when that scene's starting for President's Day, I'm like, oh, no, is he putting is he putting that girl in blackface? And sure enough, the musical number for President's Day is a scene in blackface where the slaves are singing the praises of Abraham Lincoln. Wow. It might be Lincoln's birthday. But so that that movie doesn't hold up because of that, like real bad. Like it's real, real bad. Uh, it's like, oh, my God, what, what have I gotten into? Um, and it's barely a Christmas movie. So like I was very like, uh, and being but. Bing Crosby originates the white Christmas song that would later be the focus of the white Christmas movie in this film. And I actually like this version better. So it's like, man, there's good. And then there's real bad in that movie. <laughs> um, Matt, have you seen the 2013 remake of silent night, deadly night? Uh, no, I haven't. It's not one I've seen. Dude. It's it's, they definitely don't get what makes that original one. Good. And uh, like that original one story surprised me how good it was they almost completely throw out the story. Like you don't get like, you're not seeing a kid and then him go to the orphanage and like getting where he's at when he has the break, like you do in that first movie. That's not mm-hmm. what this is. It yep. starts off more of like a whodunit where like yep. there is a serial killer with a Santa Claus mask. We know he's killing people. Then we're following a police officer who's trying to figure out who it is. And there's several potential like suspects in the town. It, it and the, the thing is the kills are, real over the top and very gory um like there's a fargo reference in this that's all i'll say uh there's a flamethrower on the cover of it so yes the flamethrower plays a factor malcolm mcdowell plays the police chief and he is he is hamming it up boy uh just what he does so so it's almost more than i've ever seen him do it and you are right though that's the that's the scary part it's not even bad though that's the thing it's like it's almost to that level of the heightened horror where it's like it's it's laughable but not like like Thanksgiving does that. But Thanksgiving does it with like an expert. I can't believe I've turned so much on Eli Roth because of that freaking movie. But Roth clearly knows what the crap he's doing, right? Like this is like, what if someone who doesn't really know what they're doing tries to do that level of like referential? It, it's 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 definitely bad, but it has moments. Um, I won't go into as much detail, but I felt like I'm, I was wondering if you'd seen that one or not because it's no. I, I, I sought it out. Uh, I was like, well, I, I've watched the first and second Silent Night, Deadly Night. There are six of them. I have not watched the other four. And then there's this one as the remake, uh, which I, uh, they also dropped the Deadly Night part of it. And they just went Silent Night, which I thought was weird because now I've seen two movies this year called Silent Night. Um, I caught Meet Me in St. Louis, also listed as a Christmas movie. There's literally one scene in Christmas time, uh, but it's 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 a decent musical. Um, I, it's got um, my God, I can't think of any names. Uh Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Um, she's terrific in it, so like that's worth catching. The movie that shocked me, I found All Is Bright, which is on Amazon Prime. Paul Giamatti, Paul Rudd, 
um sally uh, sally hawkins uh sally hawkins is doing a russian accent which is not the right call um <laughs> although i think she's doing an irish accent in willy wonka did you catch that uh, yes yeah i couldn't quite work out why that was yeah. i know because i know the film was set in in europe but timothy chalamet I mean, look, she, he could have an American father, of course, um, Gene Wilder, but uh, or something along those lines, Gene Wilder's father. Um, but it, it, in the universe, but yeah, I kind of was a little bit confused by that. Yeah, because I think she's British in real life, right? Like, yes, she is. Yeah, she's a yeah. So why Christian. why do an Irish accent? Like, just do your other accent, do your real accent. But um, but yeah, uh, but um, it's also got Coleman Domingo's in it, but he's like in this blink and you miss type like role where like at some point he's helping sell Christmas trees for Paul Giamatti and Paul Rudd. You don't know where he came from. He doesn't appear to speak English exactly. Like he kind of Mm -hmm. mumbles, then he's gone. And then like there later, there's a scene where the three of like Hawkins and the two guys are getting really drunk in the the parking lot where they're selling the Christmas trees. And he just shows up like halfway through that sequence where like he, I guess he saw them drinking and decided to join them. And I'm like, that's Coleman Domingo. He's he's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar this year. Yeah, and here he is in this movie, and it's it's 2013, so it's like two years off from Rudd doing Ant Man. Like it's it's wild that this movie doesn't seem to exist. It's not great. It's not terrible though. I actually found uh, Giamatti is really good in it. He's kind of you know he's doing the Giamatti thing. He's very angry, but he's also like there's a righteousness to his anger that you kind of are with. Um, worth checking out especially if you have prime already and you're looking for a christmas movie that you've never seen before leave the oh, world behind it uh, um you everyone was talking about it like literally you and david told me i need to watch with leave the world behind it's julia roberts mahershala ali uh ethan hawk um i liked it i don't mm-hmm. think it's the best movie but it's 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 a little long two and a half hours is a bit much um yes but uh I, that's what I watched instead of going to see Godzilla minus one a second time. So um, then uh, Sean texted me late last night. It was like sacrifice game is uh, horror holdovers. And I was like, well, now I have to watch that. And it's on shutter. So I'm, I'm jumping in uh, accurate. Uh, it is very much. It's almost I can't believe I don't know if they knew that b- the premises were happening, but they are like they read so similar because it's like uh, two students are left for Christmas at, at a boarding school. Um, but this one's a girls boarding school where the holdovers is a boys, all boys school. Um, but it's very similar, except there's serial killers involved in, uh, the sacrifice game. Uh, some really good performances, some cool set pieces, um, interesting story. And it is a Christmas movie. I would say it's more of a Christmas movie than meet me in St. Louis or holiday Inn. So, um, and then, oh dude, I watched surviving Christmas today. How was it, John? Did you survive? Uh, dude, so I don't know. When when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman, we started calling him Batfleck, right? <laughs> yes. I, I don't I don't know if this is a coined term, but Badfleck, when when Affleck is not good <laughs> in something, I feel like we should be leaning in on because, boy, this movie is rough. And it's got Catherine O'Hara in it. Um, James Gandolfini, uh, uh, Christina Applegate, who I actually think is like the best part of it. Catherine O'Hara is if you like her style, she's terrific in this uh, as well. Affleck, though, man, I don't know. Like, and it's not even necessarily his performance, but the character they wrote is so just awful. Like, it's it's so hard to watch through this movie because he is just you're like, well, you're you're a terrible character. Am I supposed to like you? Am I supposed to root for you? 
And yeah. it's like, again, you can have a character that's dislike or despicable and you still want to watch them. This is the exact opposite. You want to turn it off immediately. Like, I can't sit through this. Um, it's grating. And yeah, so I, I survived it, but it was rough. Um, but yeah, well, those are movies. Missing. Yeah, I, uh, it's from 04, by the way. I don't know if I said that, but um, it, I've known about it and I've just never watched it. So I'm, I'm checking off some of these notably bad like no one's telling me to watch surviving christmas outside of it being just a christmas movie i've never seen so i was like knock it off the list also on prime so it didn't cost me anything um and then i i've been playing baldur's gate 3 i've actually been playing several video games but baldur's gate 3 is the one that's uh pulled me in the most um there's so many options in the game it's kind of ridiculous how many things you can do and how you can play things uh it's a little overwhelming but also a lot of fun so uh that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And like Matt said, uh, you might get some more in-depth thoughts on some of those movies in our upcoming social post. Um, That's pretty much our episode. But before we go, we have to check in and make sure that we are doing uh, enough to keep our bloody awesome levels at peak performance so that we can continue to deliver this podcast into 2024 and the future from there so matt i need to know what are you doing to stay bloody awesome well it's the season to be rapping and again i don't mean hip-hop but i'm beginning the wrap-up jb uh in more ways than one i'm actually i'm uh, along with santa claus i am wrapping gifts now and getting all of that organizational stuff ready for christmas uh but i'm also beginning to wrap up with uh, actual work and wind uh my my industry doesn't wind down per se it's 20 it's 24 7 365 however i'm off from next week so i'm kind of beginning to wrap up now getting stuff done with one eye on just hanging out just chilling out next week enjoying the festivities enjoying a week off work enjoying my bed and uh, looking forward to starting the new year a little bit more recharged and a little bit less frazzled than i did last year when i worked over the period christmas period so beginning the wrap-up jb very very simple um getting the last few gifts in getting them all wrapped up and ready so by the time the big day comes i can sit down i can have a hot buttered rum and i can just enjoy the time of the season so yeah that's how i've been staying bloody awesome jb but what about yourself um, I mentioned this earlier, but trying to learn to relax, um, enjoying and embracing my free time rather than making it, letting it feel like a burden. So I've been trying to indulge in things that interest me, um, like, uh, sorting through movies or, um, playing more video games and allowing yeah. myself to do that. Uh, you know, still staying on top of things that have to get done, um, like chores and that kind of thing, you know, making sure I'm not just being lazy, but also, that I am in fact relaxing, that I'm accepting the fact that I don't have to do anything for work for once. Work is ready. When, when I go back to work in two weeks, it's ready. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I can walk in and actually do my job. I have nothing I need to do. And accepting that is it's, uh, it's a learning process for me because it's not how I've operated for the last several years. Uh, I would say 13 years. And even, uh, there's some conditioned behaviors that I have with myself where I feel like I have to do this or I have to do that. And trying to learn to let that go and just enjoy oh. uh, the freedom. So that's what I've been trying to do to actually feel bloody awesome. If you get my drift, I do. Well, we'll make sure you do because it's uh, like I say the only the only person other than your loved ones to look after is number one. So yeah, enjoy, learn to relax and enjoy the time off because it, before you know it, we'll be back in the daily grind. I love a bit of routine and I love a schedule, but there are, when I'm in the grind, 
God damn, do I think, man, I wish I could have a week off. And then when I've got the week off, I think, oh, I kind of missed the schedule, the routine. So it's finding the happy balance. But you'll get there, my friend. Yep, yep. Will, will do. And folks, that is our episode. And I'm sure all of you are excited to hear what's on next week's episode. And I know Matt and I are so excited to watch this movie. Although, quick uh, finger pointing at the studios. There are so many movies coming out this weekend. Like the Christmas yeah. weekend. There are way too many films coming out. Oh, considering two weeks ago, nothing came out. Except for The Boy and the Heron. And that didn't play everywhere. So, like, what what are we doing here, folks? Why did you drop, like, six movies this weekend? And there's, like, I think two on streaming, even. Like, it's not just in theaters. But we have so much coming out this weekend. If you are a family like me, who actively goes to the movies on Christmas Day you're going to be excited because there's something for you to see, but we are going to be reviewing Aquaman and the lost kingdom. <sighs> and fingers crossed. I am seeing it on Thursday at 3 PM. Uh, oh, you lucky man. It was the earliest show. And I was like, I'm just going to go and knock it out. I, I have, I, I think this is easily the least excited I am for a comic book movie that we've covered on this podcast. Um, yeah, I did. I thought I didn't mind Aquaman on first viewing. Second no. viewing, a lot of the charm kind of wore off. But there's the trailers for this haven't sold me. It's been a couple of years since the last one, and of course the whole DCEU has now become the DCU and all of that jazz. Yeah. It, it's lost a lot of its luster anyway. So I, well, you know, I'll be there to enjoy Jason Momoa having a blast. And but, even the discourse yeah. around this movie, like Momoa is like his. It, there's articles like Momoa says he doesn't feel like the, the future of Aquaman is looking very bright. I'm like. Hasn't it been said it's done? Like, I feel like that was pretty much blatantly said. Gunn has said multiple times that it's all over. Like, I yes. don't, he may not have directly said Momoa won't be Aquaman, but like, they were talking about putting him as Lobo. Like, what are we talking about? Like, this is over. This is why this movie should have just been shelved. Like, they shelved so many other movies, the Warner Brothers specifically, that for this to still come out, and it looks bad like yeah. I, I, nothing about the trailers makes this excited for me and i have i've notoriously not been a james wan fan i didn't love aquaman i didn't hate aquaman but i didn't love it um i found a lot of the underwater stuff to look really stupid and i think that looks even worse here and i hate the setup of the trailer it's like oh i had to find a job and i have a kid it's like oh my god i don't yeah. why are and we doing this like, what is this movie well. yeah man yeah. and you got avatar 2 which came out of course, yeah. which revolutionized underwater which scenes. It's going to look so much better than exactly. this. Exactly. Uh, Listen, it, this this may surprise us and just be a fun, feel good so. comic book film, which has essentially no stakes. We can just go in and be like, whatever happens, who cares? Let's enjoy it. But, you know, the, I do think the film was an upward task to achieve that. It just it just looks real bad. Um, it's got, it's so mad. It also it looks like, I haven't looked at the runtime, but it's got to be over two hours, right? Like, there's you know, no it way is. it's shorter um anyways folks we're gonna talk about it next week so if you're excited or not uh here comes our review of aquaman but do know that like the iron claw appears to be getting a really major release because it's actually at my local theater which i did not think we would get it uh yes the color purple comes out on christmas day uh the um sydney sweeney and glenn powell movie uh anyone but you anyone but you is dropping this weekend um migration which i heard is actually pretty good um, the new uh, Illumination film that has Kamel and Johnny in it, who I'm a big, big, big fan of, and I'm, I'm hoping I enjoy it. That's coming out this weekend. Um, I, I think there's something else too, like uh, on Christmas Day. I can't think of for sure, but it, like that's at least at least four movies in theaters, wide release happening this weekend. 
Um, and then a lot of a lot of smaller indie stuff is going to start expanding with uh, the, the getting to the end of the year. So keep your eye out for stuff that we may have discussed. Um, of course, we also want you to follow us on socials, which we're going to need to add uh, TikTok to this list here. Um, on Instagram, you can follow us at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod, and on Twitter at Bamp underscore Podcast B A M P underscore Podcast. I think TikTok were just Bloody Awesome Movies or Bloody Awesome. It's movies. Bloody Awesome Movie Pod now. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't sure. It's such a long... I wish there was a shorter way to do that, but BAMP really underscore isn't. podcast has its own issues. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, you can see, we're still on Facebook, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Um, we are an approved Rotten Tomatoes podcast, so you can get our ratings. We're going to contribute to the Wonka, probably positive, it sounds like. Um, oh, two hours and four minutes. Um, and... You can follow me individually at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. I also write for DisappointmentMedia.com if you want to read some of my reviews there. Matt, where can they find you? You can find me, WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk, and search WhatIWatchTonight across all of the socials, including Letterboxd. And if you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you take just a moment to give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you subscribe to. And if you are a new listener because you saw us on TikTok... Drop us a line. We'd love to hear. Uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Um, we'd love some feedback. So hit us up with that. Um, with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 bloody. 